This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. All right, if you want to turn your Bibles with me. We're thankful for all of our guests here today. Amen. Amen. If you're a guest, we so appreciate you making the decision to come to worship the Lord with us. Let's give all of our guests a good hand. Thank them for being in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen. It's, um, it's good to see Lauren here. Where's she at? Over there. Good to see Lauren. And... Um, and in Bristol, Bristol, your cousin, right? Your cousin, right? Okay. I knew there was that connection, but it's good to see you, Bristol. And uh, thank you for being here as well. And I'm um, so thankful. Let's give him a good hand. Thank you. Amen. 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 We're going to... Um, Get into the word of the Lord. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings, and then we'll also read a passage from 2 Kings. And um, something else that I missed a moment ago, it's good to see Sister Bertie Smith, where's she at? Right there. Sister Bertie, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We've been praying for you. Amen. Amen. Thankful that she's here today. Amen. That God will completely restore her. Amen. God has given her strength every day. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Everybody say, here we go. Um, I'm pausing because I, 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 this is a message that, um, that was birthed on Thursday, and I believe that if you hear the word of the Lord, you can be changed by the power of God today. Um, I don't doubt the miraculous hand of God. Um, it is not necessarily the words that I'm going to say, but it's the words that has been penned long before us, the word of God that will change your life. Amen. First Kings chapter number 19. I'm about three words and an amen from crying, so just hang on with me. Um, it'll, be, it'll be good. It's good to have the Grams here today. Amen. I love you. Appreciate this. this is Brandon's mom and dad. And uh, we're so thankful they're here today. He snuck in. Well, they snuck in, and I said, sneak it in so you don't have to preach. Uh, no. But I'm glad that they're here today. 1 Kings chapter number 19, verse number 1 and 2. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with a sword. This is Ahab telling Jezebel this. Then Jezebel got pretty mad, sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, by tomorrow about this time, which you have to understand in this scripture is Elijah just had it out with the prophets of Baal. And in something we overlook in that scripture, we, we talk about the overcoming of the prophets of Baal and how God wrought a great victory in that time. But Elijah, the Bible says at the end of the previous chapter that, um, or in the previous chapter that Elijah took the, the, the prophets of Baal and he killed them. And whose prophets were they? Ahab and Jezebel. Um, I would venture to say that it was probably Jezebel's prophets more than Ahab. Because she got more upset. And in this scripture, Jezebel said, basically, if you read the scripture, it says within 24 hours, I'm going to kill Elijah. She basically says, if God will do to me what he did to the prophets, if I don't kill him within 24 hours. 2 Kings chapter number 2, verse number 
7. I know you've been standing for a while today, but just bear with me, and we're going to get through some scripture here right now. Verse number 7, 2 Kings chapter number 2. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. Everybody say dry ground. It has nothing to do with my message here today. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. That's a powerful scripture right there. Be careful what you ask for. You want the anointing of God to fall on your life? You're asking for a hard thing. You're asking for a burden to be carried on your life. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if I not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they went on and they talked. Everybody say they were walking and talking. That behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and a horses of fire and departed them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into two pieces. I'm going to preach to you today on this topic that many people have probably preached before is whose report do you believe? Let's pray right now. Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that the ears that are in this room will hear the heart of this pastor right now, that, God, they would hear the word. Lord, I come against the, the, the thoughts that would take us somewhere else. God, let us, our minds and our hearts and our, and our ears be attent to the words that are going to be spoken here today because there's power in your word. There's power and freedom in your word here today, and we're going to believe God for a great move of your spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You may be seated. It was November the 15th, 2006, a chilly Wednesday afternoon. A mother was home with a five day old newborn child. Father was at work. The mother had a C-section, but was recovering nicely at home. There was joy in the home. The pressure of another child was overcome by the pure beauty of having this child in the home. In the womb for nine months, during which time was only visible through the lens of an ultrasound camera, was now in the arms of a loving mother and father. Yes, there was weariness but there was great thanksgiving. The pain in the body from the mother's second C-section was diluted by the pure love for this newborn child. On this day, on this chilly Wednesday afternoon, a call came into the home. The voice that called was calm, but yet urgent. A request was made to immediately bring that five-year-old child back to the hospital. They said, do not delay, you need to get here right away. The nurse on the phone stated that something come back on the newborn screening that needed immediate attention. The mother called the father. The father ran home to pick up the mother because she couldn't drive herself to the hospital. And the baby, and they rushed to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, they called family, they called the pastor and asked the people to begin to pray.
They waited for the doctor as the doctor was perhaps wait, was waiting on them as they arrived. And when the child got there, the mother and father did not know exactly what was going on. But the doctor said the baby had tested positive for something that was very confusing. But he went on and said it's called a very long chain acyl-coenzyme A, dehydrogenase deficiency, which is a fatty acid metabolism disorder which prevents the body from converting certain fats into energy. Particularly during periods without food, they took some blood from this child, took some urine from this child, and they took a little hole punch kind of tool and took a skin sample from his arm. The symptoms of the deficiency, the doctor said, was hypoglycemia. It was lethargy. It was muscle pain. It was cardiomyopathy. The doctor said if this goes untreated, a child with this deficiency can develop breathing problems. And you will never know it, and he will never be able to tell you. He will perhaps go into seizures, could go into a coma, and at times can lead young infants to death. They told the parents that they believed that this deficiency was one of the causes of SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. The shock of the moment and the utter disbelief hit the parents straight to the heart. Fear started to rush in. Questions started to mount. The what-ifs began to come to the forefront of the mind, of the hearts of the mother and the father. Will they become another statistic in this world? Will this child become or succumb to a sickness and just be another number in that moment? As a shadow of the moment started, to come, And as the shadow of the moment started to mount, the word of the Lord began to raise a standard. The mother looked at the father and said, not my child, not today, not this moment, not this hour. I do not believe that report in the name of Jesus. My wife looked at me and said, no. My little Evan is not going to be going down this way. Isaiah 59 came to our mind. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Psalms 30 and verse number 5, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I was not and she was not about to give in to the report that could be, that should be. But we borrowed and started believing the report of what the word of God said. Job 13, 15 says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't know about you today, but that is a true story of my wife and I. But my son is, is going through Bible quizzing. He's a straight A student in school. We have had no symptoms of what the doctor has said about this deficiency. What I'm telling you here today is I believe the report of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can believe whatever you want in this world, but I'm going to raise a standard of faith. I'm going to have raised a standard that God still heals, that God is still on the throne. That moment was dark. That moment was full of doubt. But when mama looked at me and said, I ain't got no worries. Who am I to dwell in the place of worry when mama says, I ain't got no worries. Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Come on, devil, throw me everything you want. This earth, go ahead and throw me everything you want. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation yes this world has its hard days and it seems like there are nights that will never end but I'm thankful that when I am weak I said when I am weak I know that I am strong in the Lord 
I said, I am strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I will not bow to the things of this world. I will not bow to the report what this world has to offer, but I will bow to the report of the word of Jesus Christ. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumble and they fall. I'm here to take it today. Let the world come as fast and as furious as they want. I will not stumble, nor will I fall. The Some of us are going through some dark times right now and you are being knocked down and you're being tossed to and fro but you got to raise up your back, straighten your neck, raise up your head and say, throw me your best shot because I will not stumble. Yeah, I may sway for a moment but I will not fall because who is for me is greater than who is against me. Verse number four, or verse number three in Psalms 27, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Why did he give us that vision? Why do I want to see the Lord? Why want to dwell with him? Because in that moment when the things come against me if I'm in the presence of the Lord and I'm in his courts and I'm walking with him and I'm talking with him it does not matter what this world does they got to come through Jesus they got to come through the presence of God and when that then the Lord begins to encamp around me there is nothing that will touch me in the name of Jesus and now shall mine head be lifted up Above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Oh, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou sayest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not my face, thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Somebody say amen. When this world comes against you, even your family begins to say things against you, I'm here to tell you and to encourage somebody, the Lord will take you up. I said the Lord will take you up. The Lord will put you on a sure foundation. The Lord will put you on a solid rock. It says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path. Because of mine enemies, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are rising up against me, and such as breath out of cruelty. I faint. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land on the living. And this is verse number 14 is what I like. It says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord that it tells me here today when the report of the devil says one thing I can still have joy I can still have strength in my heart and I can still have courage when the devil says one thing I believe the report of the word of God and that is I receive joy when it seems like I shouldn't have joy I'm going to receive joy because the word of God tells me I can have joy in the midst of heartache I said I can have joy in the midst of sorrow. I can have peace in the midst of trials and tests. When the report is despair, have joy. When things don't look as good and there is no hope, I'm here to tell somebody you can have joy. When darkness falls upon your life, you can leave here with joy. When shame tries to capture your soul, have joy. I'm here to encourage somebody in the Lord today as you may be going through something. And yeah, there may be tears, but they're just for a night. Because joy can come in the morning. I said joy comes in the morning. 
Psalms 30. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's just not worth that somebody wrote down that was the psalmist saying yet uh, I may be having a little bit of a tough time right now but joy is going to come in the morning I may have despair for a moment but joy is about to come into my life you may have something written in your life of a certain future but my God can step into your future and whatever this world says uh, your future will be God says I have something greater for you in your life And in my prosperity, I said, Psalms 30, verse number 6, I shall never, I said, I shall never, I shall never be moved. Lord, by the favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent O Lord my God I will give thanks unto thee forever I believe in this church we need to get on the put on the spirit of David here today and say yes there are times of mourning but there is also a time of dancing there may be a time to cry but there is a time to dance and to shout and give God praise how can people sing praises at a funeral because oh grave where is thy victory death where is thy sting I can have joy in the midst of sorrow I'm reading a lot of scripture because I want to get somewhere here in a moment John 16 if you can pull that up for me John chapter number 16 verse number 16 through 33 and I know I'm reading a lot but just follow along here today a little while and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me. Because I go to the Father. And then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that thou, he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. And they said, Therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he's saying. We don't know what he's talking about. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and ye shall not see me again and again a little while and ye shall see me verily verily I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful but your sorrow shall be turned to joy I said your sorrow will be turned to joy. The earth will, the report of the earth, will they will rejoice that a Savior has died. But do not tarry in your sorrow because your sorrow is about to be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world and you know now therefore have sorrow but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you and in that day ye shall ask me nothing verily verily I say unto you whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father in my name he will give it to you somebody say amen hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name ask and you shall receive that your joy somebody say joy 
I'm checking your joy meter today. What I'm here to tell you today that the world has tried to convince you that you cannot have joy in the midst of sorrow, joy in the midst of pain. But I'm here to tell you there's a different report that says I am healed. There's a, there's a different report that says I am touched. There's a different report that says I can have joy in the midst of sorrow. Verse number 25, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. But I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day he shall ask in my name, and I say unto you, not unto you, that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because he hath loved me. Everybody say me. And have believeth that I came out of from God. I came forth from the Father and come into the world. And again, I leave the world and go to my Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. He changed his teaching there for a little bit. He's talking to us a little more plain now. How many just like good plain talk? Now are they, now are we sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken to you, unto you, that ye might have, somebody say, peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Ha. Ah. I said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have reports that don't look so good. In the world, you're going to have problems and sickness that don't look so good. In the world, you're going to say the job is not there anymore. In the world, it says you can't overcome that addiction. The world says you're going to need this prescription to overcome that depression. The world will say you're going to have this treatment plan for 15 years before you can see any kind of increase. The world will say that you have to take a, a, a chemotherapy pill for the rest of your life so you can have some kind of life. But that's not what the Word of God says. I said, that's not what the Word of God says. He says, your tribulation in this world, yeah, you're going to have it, but be of good cheer. I said, be of good cheer. He says, because I have overcome the world. I'm here to tell you today, do not be weary in well-doing, because in due season, you're going to rise up with joy and peace and joy in the presence of God. I'm here to tell you today, be of good cheer. Say, Pastor, you don't understand what the doctor said. I don't care what the doctor said. I want to consult the great physician. If he says I am healed, then I am healed. If he says I am saved, then I am saved. If he says I have peace, then I can have peace. If he says I can have joy, I can have joy. The world says that people are battling depression more now than ever before. You know what they're battling, and I do understand there are some things uh, that people battle, but I'm here today that God did not design you to battle depression. God did not create you to battle depression. He created you to have communion with him. And when you commune with him, something has to change. When heaven touches earth, depression has to somehow fall off one time or another because depression can't live with Jesus Christ. I said depression can't live with Jesus Christ. In that moment... When my son was diagnosed with something I can't even repeat. You have to read the words on the page. My heart was sorrowful, but I found faith in a woman of God. I found faith in the eyes of a wife that says, no, this child belongs to Jesus Christ. This child has a future. This child has a, has a meaning, and we're going to learn something from this. And people can pray, and we can doubt, but I am not going to doubt. My faith is going to rise up as a standard against this sickness in Jesus' name. You see, the devil ain't nothing but the spirit of Jezebel. I'm going to preach this a little bit longer here, but I want you to hear me right now. The devil ain't nothing but the spirit of Jezebel. 
Elijah stood the test of his faith. He was in the first Kings, if you would turn with me there, to first Kings chapter number 19. Chapter number 19. Let's look there again. Verse number, chapter number 18. We find there was a contest, if you will. I, Elijah proposes a contest in verse number 17 of chapter number 18. It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah. And Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Let me tell you something right now. If you're not following the commandments of the Lord, you will have trouble. Yeah, you're going to have the gates of heaven coming against the gates of hell. And you can't live on the gates of hell side and expect to have prosperity in the kingdom of God. There's going to come a moment when heaven and hell touches. And I'm here to tell you, I'm glad I'm on the victorious side. I'm glad that I have joy in the midst of when the devil, he can come all he wants. I said he can come all he wants. Now therefore send and gather to me all the Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal 450. And the prophets of the groves 400 which eat at... Jezebel's table. So Ahab, it didn't say they were eating at Ahab's table. They were eating at Jezebel's table. We know who was in charge. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And a challenge went forth, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? How many are in this room are halted between two opinions? If God be for us, then who can be against us? Go to this side. If God be for us, who can be against us? You can play both sides of the coin all you want. But the Bible says those who are lukewarm will be cast out. You can't play both sides of the coin. You can't eat at Jezebel's table and eat at the king of kings' table. You can't live both. You can try to blend both reports, but what you'll have is a false report when you try to live one and you try to live another. You can't live with one foot in and one foot out. I were looking for a group of people that will say, I have, will do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I may be weak for a moment, but I believe the report of Jesus Christ that he will give me strength. I will not sup at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together up into Mount Carmel. Verse number 22, and then said Elijah to the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. And this is very important to understand right now, is that Elijah was by himself and the prophets of Baal were 450. I wonder of how many of us will walk down the street by ourselves and look at the people in this world and say, I'm a child of God. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I'm calling upon the name of the Lord. You go ahead and do your thing. But I want to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe that God can do the miraculous. I believe God can do the wondrous. Let them therefore, verse 23. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let them therefore give unto us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood. And put no fire under it, and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood. And put no fire asunder and, and call ye on the name of your gods. And I will call on the name of the Lord and God that answered by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose one bullock for yourselves and dress it and keep it. For you are many. And call on the name of your gods, but, but no fire. And they took the bullock which they had given and dressed it and called the name of Baal from morning until noon. Saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor anything that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. You know why people are addicted to so many things of this world? Because the world will not answer you. When you are in need, the world will not answer. So you'll find yourself trying to find the answer through the things of the world. But the world is not going to satisfy no answer. Okay. It came to pass that Elijah mocked them and say, cry aloud for he is a for he is a God, either he is talking or he's pursuing, or he, is, he starts talking trash. He starts talking trash. And so where is this God? 
Is he, yeah, thank you. Is he asleep? Is he got the blinders on? Is he deaf? Come on, guys. You're acting the fool out here. And I'm wondering why in the world you're calling to a God that doesn't answer. All you're going to do is continue to hurt yourself. You see, when you start worshiping the things of this world, you are not prepared for the travel or the road that's going to take you down. I've said that many times. I wonder if the prophets of Baal, the 450, had an idea. You know what? I think I'm going to worship Baal because there's going to be a day that I would like to whip myself with a lancet. I, 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 I'm going to worship Baal and worship the things of this world because I, one of these days I like to cut myself with a knife. I, I, one of these days I, 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 I want to worship this world so much that I, will, that I will cause myself to bleed upon this earth. And it came to pass when midday was past. They prophesied unto the time of the offering and to the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that regarded it. They tried to hear a report from their God, and there was no report in return. And Elijah said unto the people, Come near to me. Come on around. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, and unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And he built the altar back up again. He put, verse number 33, he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid them on the wood, filled four barrels with water and poured over the burnt sacrifice on the wood. And he's doing it a second time because these people aren't going to be convinced just for one thing. I got to give them a show. You know, sometimes the reason why God does miracles, and I said it last week, he's just trying to get your attention. I said he's just trying to get your attention. Do you believe him or not? He's just trying to get your attention. And that the water ran around about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering, even sacrifices, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy, somebody say word. And when he began to pray that prayer, the report came down as true and righteous because fire came from heaven, consumed a sacrifice, licked up all that water, and consumed everything around it. I'm here to tell you today, when you call upon the name of the word and the word of God, there is a report that will come down and that report is greater than any reports that this world has to offer. So you can see why Jezebel was a little upset when Ahab came back and said, Jezebel, um, I got to tell you what happened. Um, we had all the prophets out there against this guy and Elijah. And, you know, he's, he's just knucklehead going around preaching the word and prophesying and and, you know, he got, uh, um, you know, she's in charge, so he's kind of stuttering. Um, Jezebel, um, you know, you know, it didn't go well for us. Um, this was kind of like the Super Bowl for our, 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 our faith, you know. And, you know, they didn't, we had, we had all of them out there. They gave their best shot. They, you know, they actually, Jezebel, they stood on the altar. They, they, they actually cut themselves to show that their willingness to, to keep praying. They, they did all these things. And, and I want you to understand that the effort was good. But really, we lost. And Okay. Uh, but Jezebel, there's one other thing I need to tell you. Um, you know, the 450 that were worshiping stood on the altar and all this stuff. that we, You know, we didn't get a good report. Um, Elijah, that one man, um, he took them all down to the brook and he killed them. He did what? Yeah, he, he, he killed him. Um, I'm sorry, Jezebel. All these guys that like to sit at your table and, and try to, to bring a false report and, and all these things that try to make you feel good, um, they, they, they're dead. I can see Ahab all being retired in my chamber, walked away. And immediately Jezebel said, where's my messenger? She got mad. She got wroth. She got angry. You know what happens when you stand for the word of God? The devil gets a little bit mad. He gets a little ticked off. He gets beside himself. And then he begins to speak to you. Then he begins to throw things at you that you're not prepared to hear. 
He'll begin to spit in your face. He'll begin to say things that he has no authority saying. Let me say that again. He will begin to say things that he has no authority to say. The devil began to work through Jezebel and said, send me a messenger to go tell Elijah because 24 hours from right now, if God be my witness and I die just like the prophets did, he is going to die. Guess what? Now, this is very interesting. It's just like us. Elijah is a man, took on 450 prophets of Baal, slew them at the altar, and look what he did. He went about a 24-hour walk away, and he said, well, I guess I'm going to die. Read it in Scripture. And he saw that. He heard the report. He arose and went for his life. And came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him. And said unto him something very profound. Arise and eat. Elijah's thinking, well, I'm going to die within 24 hours. Why am I worried about getting up and eating? I'm going to die. I have certain death that's going to happen. As he lay there and slept, the angel touched him and said, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals. And a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and laid him down again. And the angel came to him a second time. And touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he rose and did eat and drink and went to the strength of, a, 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 of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights unto Herob and the Mount of God. Did you not see the miracle that just happened? I said, did you see the miracle that just happened? The report of Jezebel put Elijah the prophet who just, just defeated 450, put him in a place under a juniper tree and said, I guess I'm about to die. But the Lord says, I ain't done with you yet. Arise and eat. Arise and eat. I'm here to tell you today, when the things of this world tell you one thing, do not believe the reports of this world. All you need to do is get up out of your bed. Put both feet on the floor and said, I'm going to arise in Jesus. And I'm going to eat of his word. And I'm going to live for him. Uh, arise and eat. You see, the spirit of Jezebel is one that will try to get into your head and rain on your emotions, cause fear to take root and paralyze you. It's called a controlling spirit, a ruling spirit. Jezebel began to threaten Elijah. You'll be dead in 24 hours. And Elijah, Elijah started to prepare for his death. I don't care what the devil says about you. Do not give way. Have strength in the Lord. Look the devil face to face and said, you have no authority. In fact, I'm going to resist you in the name of Jesus Christ uh, because greater is he that's within me than he that is in you and I'm here to tell you have no authority in my life I'm here to tell you some of us give the devil too much credit for our problems uh, I'm going to shake the dust off my feet and say devil you can come after me all you want uh, but I am protected uh, and I have the provision of Jesus Christ don't let your circumstances dictate your path with God let God make a way when there seems to be no way. Oh, we're going to have trials. Yes, we're going to have tests. Yes, we're going to have tough times. And it may seem like a certain end. But be not dismayed. God is on your side. Never surrender. Never give up. Don't give way to your circumstances. Never give away to the spirit of fear. Rise up the standard of faith and righteousness and power. This world is plotting my end. I don't care what the world is plotting. I don't care what your peers say. I don't care what your boss says. I don't care what the devil is trying to whisper in your ear. You say that I'm bound by I'm bound by depression. 
I'm bound by uh, these things of bondage. I'm bound by sin, Pastor. You don't understand. This is just who I am. No, that's what Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel has convinced you that you are who you are. I'm tired of this world and says, I just want to be the best me. I don't want to be the best me because the best me is still far lower than anything. I want to be the best thing God has for me. I want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. You don't understand, Pastor, I failed. So have I. You say, Pastor, I have fallen. So have I. But I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to let the devil kick me and push me down and let me eat the dust of this earth. I'm going to raise up and worship Jesus Christ. You can be like Elijah, center of that juniper tree. Or you can hear the voice of the angel. Rise and eat. We find out later on in that scripture which we read. They said, uh, um, I, they, the angel never said anything about what Jezebel said. Never, not a word. Uh, the angel sits and says, hey, Elijah, you know, I know Jezebel said some things. Um, and I know it's hard to hear that you could die. But um, I hear some food. Um, I just want to encourage you that there's still more in your life. Angel didn't give any thought to what Jezebel said. I don't care what the world has to say. I'm going to rise and eat. I'm going to rise and eat. We sometimes we can play into that spirit of Jezebel, and we know we're not ignorant of the devices. But don't you know something very powerful in Second Kings nine and thirty three? is a man walked into town and saw Jezebel sitting in a window. And he said, throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood, as the Bible says, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled on her. I'm here to tell you today, what do you have to fear? God will fight your battles and take your enemy out. God will do what he does best. Elijah didn't go back and try to deal with Jezebel. He says, I'm going to do whatever the Lord tells me. I'm going to rise and eat. I'm going to walk 40 days. I'm going to rise and eat because God's got a mission. God's got a plan. God's got someone that's coming after me that wants to do exploits, that needs to see the fruit of my life. Uh Get ready to come to a close. The report that Elijah had was that he was going to die. But God said, rise and eat. What the Bible is trying to teach us here, and that, that I'm, 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 here, I'm here to tell you that the spirit of Jezebel that is trying to bring demise and fear will soon be trampled under the feet of men. You see, after just a few weeks, we noticed that my son never saw the problems and saw the things that uh, the doctor said was going to happen. They said you need to feed him almost every hour and a half. And I don't know about you, I mean, parents are out there. And feeding a child throughout the day and the night every hour and a half is pretty tough. It's pretty tough on the whole family. Any parents say is amen. And we found that, you know, we, we did what the doctor said, but we still had faith that God had, had healed him. And, and we began to, because uh, you know, during the times of him not eating, that's when they, they felt like this thing could attack. But the more, we, the more we, we, we were around him, the more we know God touched him, the more that we knew God's hand was protected on him. And we began to go through the motions, going through everything the doctor says. And finally, my wife says, I'm not going back to the doctor. We're not going back to the doctor. With what my, that's what she said. We're not going back. They said, um, Mrs. Bryan, you really need to bring Evan back in because we need to do follow-up test. Um, no, I believe the different report of the Lord. I believe my child's healed. Now you say, Pastor, that's, 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 pretty, uh, that's pretty bold. Well, I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to tell you that when God speaks that something is healed, I believe that report over the report of a doctor. They say, uh, you don't you understand that we sent all these things off to Vanderbilt University and it's a new, new, new health screen and this is thing of SIDS and then he could die. There was more fear that was coming through the phone, more things that were coming through the phone. But we said, no, I will not believe that report of fear. I'm going to put on the things of God. I have faith in a God that can overcome the things of this world. He has never seen a problem. I think he eats pretty good. I don't see him being having my uh, 
Mitochondriopathy. What is that? What did I, I have it written down? Something rather. Lethargy. He didn't have the symptoms that they said. They said in the first two or three years of his life, you got to be careful. I'm here to. T-. We got him up, took him to the house of the Lord. We prayed over him, and don't you know we kind of stopped praying because God has already done the work. So we changed our praying for him to a prayer of thanksgiving and a prayer of joy. I'm here to tell you today, we got to be convinced in our spirit that the devil has no authority, and this world has no authority over our life. Here's the thing as I come to a close. The report of the world and the spirit of Jezebel said that Elijah was going to die in 24 hours. And I did some research last night. I hope I'm, hope I'm right on these numbers. That the Bible, or Jezebel said that Elijah was going to die within 24 hours, try to intimidate him get him to sit under a juniper tree and all these things. But the Bible says that Elijah went on. He went on. Somebody say he went on. He went on without fear of retaliation by Jezebel because it was not 450 to one, now it was one to one. And he knew that 450 can't come against him. Certainly the one cannot come against me. So he didn't give her any mind. And the Bible teaches us that he went on and lived for seven to eight years longer after the report of a 24-hour death sentence. Don't tell me this world has a report that you need to accept. I'm here to tell you today, have the report of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and then the Lord took it a step further he says Jezebel said you're going to die within 24 hours Elijah I'm going to just you're going to dispute that report in fact you're never even going to die he said I don't care what the world says about you dying in a time frame you're not going to die in that time frame in fact I'm going to take a step over the head of the devil and said you have an authority over his death you have no authority even though you said he's going to die now he's not even going to taste death and the Bible says he was taken up in a whirlwind I'm here to tell you today you cannot believe don't let the devil deceive you don't let the Jezebel spirit deceive you and controlling your mind because the report says he was going to die. But God's report says he's going to be alive and he's going to be walking and he'll be translated with me one day. He didn't even taste death. You say, Pastor, the Bible says it's once appointed for all of us to die and it's true. But God is not bound by death. He's not bound by those things. There was just a couple men in the Bible did not taste death. Elijah was one of them. But I wonder why he did it. He probably did it because he wanted to give us an example that the report of the Jezebels in this world is one thing. But my, rep- my report says something different. My word says something different. Um, if you're here today, as the music comes, if you're here today and you are believing and being deceived by the reports of your circumstance, I want you to come down to this altar and I want you to say, God, what's your report say? What's your goodness say? What's your joy say? What's your love say and God will give you a fresh report and then just like John 16 he's going to say now who do you believe now who do you believe looking for a church that believes the report of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for listening to today's message if you like what you've heard please subscribe rate and review this podcast If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.